Welcome to a podcast for the Krakoan mutant era with a distinctly black and queer lens. Every episode has a new guest, a single topic, and a ticking timer. This is X of Words. 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 But my friends, being my friends, we were like, oh, we'll pregame before we go to the game night. Yeah. So we did at least a couple shots at my place before we went to the game night and then yeah. did more shots there. Mm-hmm. So it very quickly became, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, like, I'm not going to do too much drinking because yeah. I have to write today and I have this I have this recording. Yeah. And that went off the window. Just very quickly flew off the window, probably yeah. about after the third or fourth shot. So, Yeah, you fucked yourself up, man. Uh, yeah, I, I made my bed and I'm laying in it. I'm <laughs> I think yeah, the thing that the thing that happened my side was that like I switched from wine to gin and tonic mm-hmm. at some stage during the night, yeah, which um, which put me the fuck away, essentially. Best night of sleep I've got in like three months though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Um. Well, hello. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of X of Words. Um, you're joining me, Ashley. You know me. Um, today, uh, just as a caveat, and like in a in a lovely bit of universal coalescence, just to kick us off quite pretentiously, because I can. Um, both uh, the guests that I have here and myself are relatively hungover, so this is like a double hungover special. I know you've had episodes where I've been hungover before, but. I've never had an episode where I turned up and the person was also hungover. So I feel like it's kismet. I feel like, you know, the universe, the universe looked out for both of us. Very serendipitous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to introduce you to a brand new guest. Um, welcome, welcome, Brian. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending the time with me. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us everything or absolutely nothing. Hey, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for the invite. So, uh, as we said, my name is Brian. Uh, I uh, a little bit about myself. So, I work full time in higher education. Um, I've been a fan of the X Men. I think for a lot of folks, um, you know, since like the '90s television show. Like that was really my my first introduction. The mm-hmm. '90s cartoon. Um, I remember sort of buying piecemeal uh, single issues at like um, school, like book drives and and those kinds of things, and. Um, I think I would probably say since like middle high school on, as long as I had the money and the the means to get to a comic book store, right? Like I was, yep. I was in issues where I could. So been in, been interested and in, and in reading most of my most of my life. Um, I'm loving the 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 new era. I'm loving sort of House of X, Powers of Ten, and, and everything that's come out of it. Yep. I love the yep. sort of moral quandaries that it, it presents, and um, really the the X Men as a, a the mutant as a minority metaphor, right? Sort of being taken to um, a conclusion that does not end with more like suffering, right? Like if yes. we were really going to take the mutant as a minority metaphor, like let there be a win to some degree, right? And the win is Krakoa as a nation. And I'm, I'm all the way here for it. Yes. I'm, so this whole time I've been nodding emphatically, like I've been doing like a proper like slow nod. Because I'm with it, I'm I'm fully with it, and I totally agree with you. Um, favorite character on the original when you were watching the when you were watching the show, who was your fave? Oh man, um, this is this is a 
divisive answer now, but I'm going to say Beast, like pre-war crimes Beast. <laughs> I was a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. No one can blame me. I, I, I enjoy also war crimes Beast, but like pre-war crimes Beast. Hold on. A, wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. How are you going to excuse yourself and then put yourself back on the pulpit? Like what? I, it's just... I, it almost seems like, you know, the, the the two sides of this guy can't exist in the same character, but they definitely do. And I just yeah. like the fun, bounce around stuff, great introduction. And then as I got older and like, again, sort of the moral quandaries of Krakoa, right? Yeah. Um, the, granted, he was war criming before Krakoa, but he was. That, that part is interesting as well, right? Like my, my favorite that is not, <clears throat> excuse me, a part of the, the 90s show. Yeah. It's Emma Frost, right? The reason that I love Emma Frost is because she really sort of wears that that gray area as a as a badge, as a pin, right? Like she is the person you go to when you need to like get shit done, and like okay. she will get it done. Okay, so you like you like the morally questionable mutants? I do. Magneto, Beast, Emma Frost, all that. I'm um, they did nothing wrong. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good to know good to know i mean that's a steep hill that you're trying to climb there specifically uh-huh. with specifically with beast yeah, I feel like magneto and emma you can argue that that well but mr mr hank that's a that's a different one yeah but anyhow let me kick off the episode so today's question we're actually i mean I, I think that's a nice that's a nice intro into what today's question is uh because i was kind of thinking about this when i tipped it up and i was like what Wait, hold on. Did you build this one? No, this was one of the this is one of the questions that were that that was presented to me. Yeah, cool. I thought so, but I always check because there's some that like I workshop with people. Um, but I was like, this new era has kind of teed up a load of new villains in what I see them as kind of like territories. You've got your space villains, your Cordyceps Jones. You've got your new human villains. You've got the um, Orcus as an organization, which is kind of now seeking to connect all of these. You've got your Dr. Stasis's, your science villains, your magic villains, your mutant villains, and all of these. And obviously you've got your, you know, tech. So you've got Nimrod. And I was like, out of all of those in this brand new suite, who do we want to see as a villain that kind of comes out as an A-lister? Because as much as it's been an era for breathing uh, new life and giving new prominence to mutants that we know it's also kind of been the same thing for villains and I was looking at Sabretooth's rise and the way that he's gone from people are going to fucking eviscerate me for saying that man's name again on this podcast but I was looking at Sabretooth's rise and the way that he hasn't been pulled into the whole like redemption trope mm-hmm. like a lot of people get their shine on Krakoa and it's a way to like redeem them and take them either into moral neutrality or uh, morality and Sabretooth was like, No, nah, no, 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 I'm just gonna, gonna get worse. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. Was like, <laughs> and I like that, I like that. So I was like, Who else do we want to see take a similar journey? So today's question is, Which enemy do we want to see um, become an A lister? And with that, now that you know us, I'm gonna hit the timer and our X starts now. Okay, so tell me, Brian. Tell me, tell me what you think. What do you reckon? Yes. So my proposal, my pitch for making a uh, a list X villain is I want to take in plate uh, Monet's brother, who 
herself is really getting a push with, um, you know, uh, being pitched for joining the, the mainline X team and some other things that have been going on with her. I really want to sort of give her brother the same push. This is a guy whose mutation, very sort of to uh, Celine, right, um, mm. makes him sort of inherently evil. He has to feed on mutants to keep himself alive. Yes. Um, and I just think there's a, a really nice premise there in that he does it. And from what we've seen of sort of his internal monologue before is sort of unrepentant about it, right? Like, yeah. yes, the the cards of fate, you know, were, were not in his favor, but he doesn't care. Like, he's totally happy with feeding on mutants and torturing his sister. Um, I, I would love to sort of see him be positioned in a similar way to Monet to, to get that spotlight, right? And he <laughs> can create an army of, like, zombie mutants that also have to feed on people just by feeding on people. So, like, he has a built-in sort of uh, you know, built-in henchmen, right? And and folks that he can he can control and manipulate. Yeah, um, I think back to the to the uh, I can't remember which issue, but the '90s comic where like Bishop sees Implate and like has a flashback of or makes a comment or something about hordes of Implates uh, and having to fight them off, right? Having to fight off people who have been infected by um, Monet's brother, and I think that's just such an interesting visual. Um, and it sets up some interesting potential of what can really be done with him. So that was my first pitch. Did you, my did you, yeah. 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 And plays, and plays fucking creepy, man. And plays fucking creepy. Like even in the amazing design, like the huge ventilator and the spiky hair, like, yeah, like let's, let's give him the push he deserves. He's fucking, no, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, I agree with you. Yes. I agree with you. Do I want that Babadook motherfucker back on the panels? Mm. I'll, I'll enjoy it because I think the character's great, but personally, he creeps me the fuck out. Like, there's there's very few characters that I don't like to see. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, his just his design just just does something. It's it's funny you say that. My like my third choice that I was also thinking about, and I won't go too much into it. Yep. For time's sake, but I also wanted to try to make a pitch for Sugar Man, who also has a really oh. interesting, crazy design. Yeah, something viscerally like. Just turns your stomach. Yeah, about it. It's the little legs. Why is it so? There's so much face. There, he's ninety five percent face, and I, the, <laughs> the, the logistics of it boggle the mind. <laughs> ah, no, that's 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 deep. That's deep. How can you tell me the logistics of your face? <laughs> <laughs> but but again, talking about villains that just have really interesting designs and. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my as I was going through my list of folks I wanted to spend time talking about, I was like, oh, like Sugar Man would be great. I think he may be currently dead. I'm not too sure. But what does that really mean for mutants in, in this era? But he is very much like a Mr. Sinister who doesn't try to get along with, I would imagine, with the rules of Krakoa, right? Like yeah, yes, all yes, about sort yes. of experimentation and genetic manipulation and, and torture and those pieces. And... Sinister is going to play by the rules to, to play along to get along. Yeah. Sugar Man, absolutely not. Like, he is going to uh, sort of experiment for what he wants to see happen and damn the three rules of Krakoa. Like, I could totally see him, you know, not, not necessarily on the island, but setting up shop somewhere and, you know, kidnapping mutants or kidnapping folks as needed to, to sort of run his, you know, his, um, yes. run his appearance. Yes. Because it's going to be, it's got to be so tempting for him. Like this, so much of the foundation of Kokoa is about genetic tampering and um, cloning 
and genetic stores. Like he, it's a library that Krakoa should should be a fucking. What's the word I'm looking for? Like it's just, just a honeypot to anybody yeah. who's got any sort of gene fuckery. Yes, any anyone who messes around with blood and DNA and all that shit, like that should be. They should be drawn to it, right? So it makes sense. It would make sense for him to be there and want to be getting his hands on all of the. I mean, they've they've got a fucking library of the entire genetic code of all the mutants that exist. Yes, like uh, memory backups, right? Like, who's to say like Sugar Man couldn't? You know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the stuff with the chimeras, right? Like that sort of getting pinned on Sinister. Yeah, I can see, but like I could also totally see at least two or three other folks that would also do similar things, like Sugar Man included, right? Yeah, like yeah. he would be the type of person that would want to take mutants X, Y, and Z, yeah. Smash Bang Fusion, and like I see whatever it. the result is, is like that I did that. Like that's I my vision. I, I see the vision. I see the vision. Um I've got so no, tell us tell us your second one, because this was this is the one that I thought was fucking genius. Yes, sorry. So tell us the second tell us the second My actual my actual second pitch was gonna be for Wallflower's dad, uh, who has very similar pheromone manipulating powers uh, as her, um, was able to do more with them mm. than she was able to, um, sort of during his his tease during the Academy X days. Yes. Uh, he was a part of their House of M mini, um, was set up as one of the one of the big bads. Um and I just think he could really be the X-Men's purple man in a way as this sort of unrepentant, like manipulator, controller, um, and would be definitely somebody that would take advantage of Krakoa's sort of open door policy, right? Like the promise of a second chance for all mutants, I think yeah. him as an abuser and a controller would mm -hmm. totally step in and like use that opportunity to do whatever he wants on the island. Mm. Um, and I think and feel justified really... in it and feel justified in it because no one's dying. Yes. Yes. Like very different from an implate or a sugar man where like, I'm not breaking the rules, but I'm very, I'm like, I'm stretching them. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the limit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I, according to the laws of the land, you can't necessarily do anything. Mm. Mm. I think that's an amazing, I think that's an amazing choice. And when you said it, I was like, Oh yeah. And I, 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 I I tried to get better, I, so I had initial choices, and then sometimes you talk to someone and they say something, and you go, "Shit, my thing is shit," and you have to try and like get better quickly. But I think I've got it. I think I've got a second pick. I'm all ears. I think so. No, yours is yours is amazing, and I think I'd love to see, I'd love to see that power set explored because I feel like Wallflower got cut off before she could become, uh, an uh, like developed. Yeah in terms of what she could do. And they kept teasing that she'd be able to do incredible things. And then they bring in this character who they say is a fully realized version of, you know, the war, the wallflower power set. And then he then gets cut off as well. So I feel like her powers and those two characters have been teed up so many times that I'd love to see yeah. it taken to its fullest. And also I just like another chaos engine on the Island. And like, he's, he's like, he's the CEO of smelling. I, I call her like, well, that's the, I've said it before, like the power is just smelling. And I think that is, he, he's, I want him to stink up the place a little bit. I think, I yeah. think it'd be good. Like, how do you even, how do you contain that? I mean, like, would it be embarrassing? You'd have to put him like in a bubble, like, you know, those plastic bubbles. <laughs> in Tupperware? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like, how do you neutralize a power set like that? 
how does it how does it work on an island? Like, I'd love to I'd love to know whether he could do it with the with like the the plant life with the animals on the island. Like, how far does that go? What can he make you do? And or especially. Well, I think Wolverine then, yeah, I mean, do you want to give another chance for Wolverine to have a Millie? Because when you, when you establish him as a villain, then the guy who sniffs yeah. is probably going to be the person who can tell you whether they've been controlled and da 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 da, da And then you've got Wolverine in it in some way. Yeah. Um, I, could, I could totally see him being set up and sort of what we've seen in the previews for, um, what is it? Legion of X? Sorry. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way of X, but that was the, the last book. I can totally see him going up against Nightcrawler and the team that's sort of being... Okay. No, please, please finish. Sorry. So I can totally see him being set up as an antagonist against that team, given that they are sort of, quote unquote, the police of Krakoa. Yeah. Right? Like here you have this guy that, again, is is very much bending the rules, but not necessarily breaking them. Yeah. Um, what do we do with a person like him? Uh, it's yeah. almost the empath question again, right? Like, what do we do with somebody who has been hardwired or not even necessarily hardwired, right? Like, that just has that personality that, you know, is um, yeah I manipulative mean, in that way and doesn't care. Yeah. And, I mean, the Hellions question then comes to mind because it's how much does your power inform your personality and in what ways, how can we call you a psychopath mm -hmm. when... You, you just have the option to make people do what you want. That's an option. And have had that since before your frontal lobe was fully developed, right? Yeah. Like, you got these powers during puberty, sorry. So, like, your sense of right and wrong was already not fully developed. And then you have yes. the ability to make people do whatever you want them to do. Of course, you're going to be a little shitbag, right? Like, of course, yeah. you're going to be a dick. <laughs> Other people's actions are your choice. Like, that's literally a choice you can make. <laughs> I think so much of the... So much of how we view things is because we can't dictate other people's actions. And if you could, we'd probably have a lot more psychopaths on our hands. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Um, okay, so close us up because I know that we've, yeah. we're going to disrespect. We, we knew we were going to disrespect the time. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect, disrespect the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think those are great options. My two were going to be one uh, was Karima Shapentar, which we kind of talked about before, because uh, I feel like she kind of got baited <clears throat> and switched. I feel like the whole of House of X, Powers of X, the whole thing was teeing her up as more and more of a significant player mm -hmm. in terms of the tech threat to the point where she even surpassed Nimrod as the one with the knowledge or the one that you had to worry about, you know, in their confrontations where, you know, you had the, um, you had Magneto and Charles versus her and Nimrod in the basement. Mm -hmm. She was really the point person there. She was she was leading the narrative, and I was like, "Aha! This is the, this is the time for Karima to step to the front." And then Moira, you mind in your business, and then it's just Moira. So yeah. she was built, she was built, she was built, she was built. Then Moira, and you know what? Uh, like the mutant to the mutant to villain turn, get it, like it, but at the same time, I kind of feel like she she kind of usurped. The good sis a little bit <laughs> she she stole her whole her whole bag right like she, she, she nabbed the whole chips man like we, we, we was about to eat and then here, here she come and, and what and now we and even the, the even the, like i'm not not to oh sorry not to not to be disrespectful but the spec isn't even as good like karima did tech and like you see it and she got the big exploding gun arm and i was like 
I mean, I hate what you stand for, but go off. The design is yeah, the design is fire. I can't I can't make the design not be good. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be the worst. Like watching it happen, going, mm, but she do look good though. Yeah, like. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Karima was going to be the thing only because I think that was a bit of a bait and switch. Uh, and my second one, and tell me if you think this is good or not. But. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see a return of Evil Prodigy. Okay. Remember in the, remember in that little single issue where they mm-hmm. unlocked his powers and they let him retain everything he'd ever imprinted or, or taken from anybody, and he just went like villainous and megalom. How do you say that? Megalomania. Megalom- huh? You had you had it right. I'm sorry, you had it right. Neither of us had it right. Let's just. Be right. It's fine. It's fine. I, like I went to say it. I again, double hung over episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. He would. He went bad. Yeah, he went mean. He became very mean. And I would. I actually kind of liked that version. And I would love to see that done again. And I would love to see like the struggle. I would love to see the ethical things it would bring down because he came back with his powers mm-hmm. and loads of people are coming back after resurrection. They're coming back and, and their powers are increasing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering how many times can Prodigy die before he comes back with the ability to remember everything that he's taking? And then you've got the thing of, do we bring this back? Does does he then become a... Uh, for the want of a better word, like a, a fucking, a service, a service space risk. <laughs> because then you've got one mind that is everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. That's fire. I really like the, I really like, that raises a lot of really good questions. I think if he, if he started to go in that direction, right? Somebody that is able to recall everything. At, at what point what what is the executive decision for the quiet council or for the five where it's like all right yep. we have to we have to cut off what he retains yep. here for this for the sake of our own sort of management pieces right like <laughs> for the for the sake of the stability of the nation because yeah. you don't want him to get too close to destiny you don't want him to get too close to charles he becomes a national risk almost immediately yeah cuz there's shit that has been happening that no one knows and no one really should know. And he ha- he could have he could have access to every secret we've ever read about yep. in a second, in an accidental second, just by walking in the room. Yep. And he becomes a Moira Destiny level player almost instantly. Mm-hmm. I would I would love for him to be set up that way. Like I, that'd be not that I'm not enjoying the triangle that's sort of like Magneto, Xavier, Emma, but I think him sort of coming in as this this outlier right that is now i know everybody's deep dark secrets and you you have to listen to me right there's nothing you can do if you kill me i'm going to come back and i'm going to have that same information right like all i have to do is walk into the room yeah so you know that you know the turn that we got with doug where he was like actually i've clocked you bitches and i've clocked you bitches for a while yeah i want to see like a dark version of that with prodigy because that, to me, like I, and then he, he would, he would be a, vi- he would be a villain that I would understand. Because if you learn all that shit and you go, oh no, fuck this, fuck all of this, yeah, 
uh-uh, we need to do something else. And then, then you've also got a player who can come up with his own solutions because he's got all the knowledge of destiny. He's got all the knowledge of Charles. He's the smartest person in the room. He's the most knowledgeable person in the room. And if he goes, actually, this Krakoa this Krakoa solution was not the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we needed something else. That would be interesting, I think. Again, sort of going back to, to the mutant as a minority metaphor, I would really sort of love to see that from a black queer character's sort of point of view, right? Like, yes. it, I bought into the promise of Krakoa. Now I know all of your deep dark secrets. And now it's, all right, I can't, I can't jive with this at all. Yep. I'm going to take the lead on what that other thing could look like, right? Or what the change could look like. Yes. It almost kind of sets him up to be his own sort of like mini Magneto, right? Like, I was, listen, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> um, yeah. And Splinter Island. Splinter Island would be. Yeah. Anyhow, anyhow, we have now, we are now at 24 minutes. So I'm going to tie us up. I'm going to tie us up. Thank you, Brian. Because I feel like of if course, I don't tie us up, we could just probably go for like another half an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for bringing um, heat, in all honesty. I appreciate it. No, no, uh, not a problem, man. Thank you for the invite again. Anytime. Um, Thank you for everybody who's been listening. It's been a pleasure to have you here with us as well. I've been Ashley. This is Brian. Uh, you can reach me at uh, call me Beham, C-A-L-L-M-I-B-H-A-M on Twitter. Uh, and this has been X of Words. Fuck, I forgot to say you're at. It's fine. Damn, no, it's not. I'm, do you know what? I'm going to put like a, a clunky edit in the beginning <laughs> to try and fix it. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm sorry. Um, okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. That was that was also good. Like this is Brian. That's like a radio voice. I <clears throat> I get that a lot, or that I should have went into uh, television.